Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we're heading into October, so we're watching a couple of spooky films. The first of which is The Sixth Sense, which is turning 20 years old this month. Uh, Joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Jason Doley. Hey! How you doing, Jason? I'm good, I'm good. Excellent. Hmm. Sixth Sense. Yeah, never seen it. What do you know about it? Um, I think I know what everyone knows, Mm -hmm. um, which is the big... Spoiler? Big spoiler twist. Twist, yeah. twist. What a twist. What they twist. <laughs> um, yeah, I know that. Um, that's about it. Okay. I think I know there's... Yeah, that's that's honestly about it. I mean, Bruce okay. Willis, Haley Joel, Osment, uh, M. Night, Shlom, 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 Yeah. M. Night, Shyamalan, and Ding Dong. Yeah. Yeah. Shyamalan? It is M. Night, Shyamalan, yeah. We should probably say his name right. Yeah. To start with, then we can have fun. Yes. Yes, no, this is probably, I think, the film that really made his name in terms to a worldwide audience. Yeah, I mean, I remember hearing about his name without having seen the film because it came out when I was 12, 11, something like that. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, it, it's interesting because I also have not seen ah, The Sixth Sense. Really? Um, and I feel as though you've summed up everything, everything. I know about it as it's, well. It's <laughs> pop culture ingrained thing. There's other films that I haven't watched and I've been putting it off because of, well, this podcast. Mm. Um, Terminator 2, for instance. Mm. I don't... I've never seen it, but I feel like because of things I've seen on the internet and plot points and things that get ripped off in The Simpsons and Futurama and so on... Mm. I reckon I know that entire film mm. without ever seeing it, like almost beat for beat. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's there's definitely films like that. I feel mm. as though with The Sixth Sense, it is purely the twist. Yeah, the twist is all that's known. Which kind of makes me curious to know whether or not, going into it, whether or not the film actually stacks up as being like, maybe it was an average film right up until the twist. Where and the twist comes and yeah. it's like, wow. And the twist is what really elevated it. Yeah. We'll find out when we watch it. From? Yes, uh, our guest who has seen the film. Uh, it's Dr. Carmen Dolly, everybody. Hello, Stephen. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, yes. And I've got uh, Anakin on my shoulder. He's contributing, apparently. So Yes, Anakin, uh, for those uh, listening at home, is not uh, the chosen one. Um, <laughs> he is a he's a cockatiel. A cockatiel, yeah. Yes. A weirdo. So um, yeah, he's uh, a little. He's just sitting on your shoulder, blonde as, and whingy. Yeah, so <laughs> hence the name. Hence yeah. the name. Yeah, <laughs> um, sixth sense. Yes. Um, in, I, I guess in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, um, what what can Jason and I expect from the sixth sense? Um, I mean, I haven't seen it for a number of years. I think from memory, the atmosphere was quite good in it. Um, you know, there's a few jump scares and things, but I think it's more sort of suspense than outright horror. Mm. 
Um, I don't know. Jason's not a huge fan of, of <laughs> horror or suspense, really. So I, don't oh, no, know. I like suspense. suspense. I don't well, like you horror. Might, you might like this film then. Yeah. Um, yeah, Stephen, I don't know. Are you a fan yeah. of horror or suspense movies? Um, when they're done well. When they're done uh, well. Is, which I, I, I know is kind of like a sort of non-answer answer, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm not... Like, horror films uh, are not films that I'm massively immersed in, mm. in terms of... Like, there's quite a lot of them I haven't seen, which mm. we will get to in this in this series. <laughs> uh, but I find... Um, I, I find when... Particularly with suspense, I find when it's done really well, it is extremely captivating. Yes. I think there is something which um, which really works for me in those sorts yeah. of films. So, with any luck, The Sixth Sense might yeah, be one I of those. I think you might like it then. You okay. might like it, yeah. All right. Well, shall we watch The Sixth Sense? Let's. Yeah. All right. For those of you listening at home, pop in your DVDs and get rid of sight, vision, taste, touch, and... <laughs> Smell. And Ringo, or whatever it was. Uh, you don't need those senses. Doc. You only need one, and it is the sixth sense. And welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching the sixth sense. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, you know, there's ghosts and stuff. Yes. Um, yes, uh, joined once again by Jason and Carmen Dolly. Hello. Hey. So, Jason, first time watching The Sixth Sense, what did you think? Um, It was good. Mm-hmm. But I'd probably say only good. Yeah. I think it would have been better had I not known the spoiler, which we can now talk about. We can, we're yes. Out of the... Um, the pre-show bit. Calm. Yes, <laughs> we're in the storm. Well, also, yeah, like the the the, the uh, statute of limitations on spoilers. I think two Despised decades, t- twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the big the big twist in this film is that what Bruce Willis was a ghost. ghost. Oh my god! Yeah. But um, I think the way that it's presented in terms of watching it, knowing that going into it, because it's just yeah. such a ubiquitous. Fact. Twist. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's the thing people know about Sixth Sense. Oh, it's the Bruce Willis. The Bruce Willis is a ghost film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but even in spite of that, I still found it quite enjoyable to watch and go. Mm. So how did they manage to hide mm. that? Yeah, yeah. I I think I got to admit though, it wasn't until kind of the th- the last third, that the third act, where I started to really like the film mm. a yeah. lot more. For the rest of it, I'm like, okay, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I didn't mind the first half, and then as soon as we start, you know, getting like Closure? seeing the ghosts and things, I'm just like, oh, oh okay, yeah, because right. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Like, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't really feel like that was a horror film. No, it's not. It's, yeah. it's a very, very subtle horror, horror yeah. film. I think. Like, there are certainly horror elements elements in it. Yeah, like yeah. it's obviously like there is this genre called horror, mm. and we're doing some of that, but yeah. kind of it was a bit. I mean, a bit hallmarky. It's just—it's more of a suspense or a thriller than. Yeah, it's a suspense film compared yeah. to, and I think, like, I can, if I'm honest, looking at that film, I can, I can see why people thought it was good. Especially, I think, like, knowing that that was a twist, you would be like, "Oh, what? Yeah, that's great. Like, yeah, that's a yeah. good twist. Yeah, yeah. I, to be honest, it did feel a little bit like when the twist happens, like. A really good Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, yeah. it was that, Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you have that 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 sort of last minute uh, rug is pulled out from under your feet, and you go, oh. Yeah. And mm. even though knowing 
Bruce Willis is dead, he's a ghost. That scene where it's revealed, I still thought was pretty effective because they have the flashbacks to the night that he died and yeah. and how he died yeah. and then him suddenly remembering, oh, oh no, I did die, yeah. like that kind mm. of thing. Um, and with the cuts and the music, and the, it is like quite a good piece of cinematography. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. even when you see it coming, you're still like, oh. You know, it's like still quite yeah. an interesting scene to watch. Like it gets yeah. your attention still. I think also with how that the first scene is done, where it does end with him being shot, and it's like next year. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, uh. okay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's like when you know, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, the story, such that it is, though, is uh, you know, award-winning mm. child psychologist uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Crowe, Crow. uh, not Bruce Willis, uh, is <laughs> not Russell Crowe, not Russell Crowe either. Um, is is yeah, attacked in his own home by a former patient who shoots him and then shoots mm. themselves. Uh, and then we pick up with his life a year later. Uh, well, I say life. Uh, <laughs> pick up we, with him yeah, we a pick year up later. With him a year later where he's taken on a new case, this nine-year-old boy, Cole Sear, who is not a... <laughs> so, Sear. I know, oh it's God. such a bad... I, as soon as I oh saw that written, God. I'm like... Oh. Yeah, I was waiting for yeah, I was waiting for everyone else to have names like like, like Malcolm Dead Guy, <laughs> Anna Widow, like yeah. just all these names. But yeah, Cole, Michaela, I kill my daughter. Yes, exactly. There's um yeah, there's all these different um sorry, he's got this 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 young boy who's who's a, I think what you had down written down originally is that he had like severe anxiety or mood disorder, yeah, mood possible disorder. mood disorder. Yeah. yeah, and so he starts to talk with this boy, and this boy is not quite what he seems. Mm. Signs of abuse. Yeah, um, but then we don't know if it's the mother, played by uh, Tony Collette, who mm. is just wonderful. I just have to throw that out yeah, there. I think yeah, that she all... she really plays the character of Lynn. She plays. I feel as though I've met people who are like Lynn. Mm. Yeah, um, I, yeah. And I don't think I've met anyone that's like Malcolm or or like. <laughs> um, uh, I like see Cole. dead people. Cole, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I don't think like they Mr. did. Sia. They didn't quite ring as true for me, but but yeah, Tony Collette was just very very good in that role. Did she win an Oscar for that role or get nominated? For she one? was nominated for yeah. one, um, and in mm. fact, um, Haley Joelsman was nominated for one mm, as well that's for right, his role. That's and right, yeah, yeah, not saying that you know he was bad. It's no. just that in terms mm. of like seeming like actual real believable people up on the screen mm. she um, was the most yeah be- she was understated as well i think yeah. more than she, anything else she was a good grounding force in the movie like it, yeah. it did make it quite um because relatable because cole as well is quite a intelligently happy kid when he's not being tortured by ghosts when he's just yeah. playing around with the figures or when he's doing certain things that are kiddish that he can get into he's mm. incredibly positive yeah, yeah. um and then Bruce Willis is being Bruce Willis. Well, he's he's the way it's presented when you don't know that he's dad is that is mm. that um you know he's he's recovering from this trauma and yeah he's, yeah, he's been stoic about it because yeah there's that and then his marriage is breaking down mm. and so with with all that being the case then yeah he's probably not going to be a happy go lucky kind yeah. of person to hang out <laughs> with. Maybe it was just a nineties psychologist part of it, but I remember I was sitting there for the first half and I was going. I wonder what this film would be like if you had Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> okay. I it would I think it might have I think it would have been less kind of how that how um Bruce Willis kind of has a bit more of an intensity to him. Hmm. Like he's like 
like you know very forceful with the kid it would have been mm. interesting but yeah it just made me think <laughs> I, I just, maybe it's also like floppy 90 suits as well i think that's yeah, part of it I there's a lot of those like when yeah. we were at the funeral scene and you said there's that man in that massive coat <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. like just comfort someone and just yeah. walks off like waddles uh, almost oh yeah. my god that wallpaper <laughs> oh in the, wow in, yeah in the yeah. funeral home yeah. the, the the wake that was yeah. that was intense that was yeah, a so, lot of the wallpapers were intense. Yeah. Even I liked like if your wallpaper can match the the bed you have, which clearly <laughs> did in Bruce Willis's house because he leans against the walls like, oh my god, I think I was shot, and then it cuts back to him being shot on the bed. Yeah, and they're it very hard the to same. tell them apart. I'm like, I mean, that's not good. No, no, it's no not. the sixth sense clearly wasn't a sense of fashion or style. No, no. Um, <laughs> but um, but it was. I, I think that that element of um, the the decoration and the mm. the setting everything did feel old old so, 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 so yeah. which feeds into the fact that there mm. would be a bunch of ghosts like the ghosts who are hanging well, in the school because yeah. they talk it's they're in philadelphia which is one of the oldest cities in america, in america. yeah yeah so it's one well, that hasn't or at least hasn't been really redone up like yeah. new york or anywhere else mm. so it is old and it does have that kind of everything's breaking up um brick and mortar kind of style mm. so and yeah. it, it, it sort of lends itself to this sort of um I, I guess spooky atmosphere but one of the other things i liked is that the colors um even in those settings that maybe weren't as brick and mortary they i just felt a little on edge with the aesthetic yeah. of this film the whole time i think time. especially that baby yeah. blue one you meant to think this house is not all right like yeah. this family is not all right something's Wrong? It's a little bit. It's trying too hard to be yeah. nice and perfect and, and Barbie-like. Yeah, mm. and yeah. So I thought that was um, that was fascinating yeah, yeah. How, how they did that. And then obviously the use of the color red uh, yeah. was yeah. very obvious. It was like whenever something red turned up, you're like, oh, oh something bad. Kitchen not have been sleeping on red. Yeah, yeah. Or mm. which he was. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just seemed to be whenever it was red, it was like, well, ghost turning up, like that red, <laughs> yeah. like that red balloon just drifting slowly all the way up to yeah, the ceiling. Yeah, or the, or the mother wearing red at the daughter's funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Or like you say, his blanket. His fort. blanket. And his, his blanket. Fort, yeah. yeah. Like there's a shot from above at one point where it's it's red and black check. Mm. Yeah. But like everything around it looks just so red mm. because of that and then the doona that he's got across yeah mm. we follow we follow cole as um you know boy wonder communicator of ghosts uh, as, <laughs> as but i think the film t- does a really interesting job in kind of unpacking that quite slowly and mm. you were saying that you enjoyed the first half a little bit more than the second half. Yeah, I, I just really like the the tension and just, I, I guess my thing in horror movies I've realised is that I really like ones where you can't always tell what the threat is or mm. if there is a threat you don't see it until l- very late in the film and then it's only glimpses. So things like... Um, uh, so things like The Descent mm. or, um, you know, Blair Witch. I'm probably one of the few people who like Blair Witch. Mm. Um, it's, it's, I, I prefer those films that, that lend more to the imagination than actually tell you outright, um, you know, what, what the monster is or whatever. Kind of tell, don't show. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I feel like this film does a very good job in, in building up that tension, that suspense in the first half of it. Um, but then the trouble is, like, and we'll probably get into this more, but as a medical professional, I see the ghosts, I'm like... 
And I've seen worse in the ED. Like, they're not, they're not very threatening to me at all. Or <laughs> so like you made degrees. Or, like, you meant to, like, and 13-year-old me, you know, was obviously freaked out by all these injuries. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, okay, yeah. I, That's I, fine. Put a bandage on it. It's fine. I do have to admit, yeah. um, despite having not seen the film, I had seen the final scene with um, Haley Joel Osmond and yeah. Tony Collette in the car where he admits to his mother um, that he sees dead people. And then it, he, he's saying, you know, that lady got hurt in the car accident. Uh, oh, what happened to her? <laughs> she died, and then where is she? She stood next to the window, and they cut to the shot of her next to the window, and it's just the most bored looking ex yeah. in a bicycle helmet yeah, with like red and A couple of of blood. Yeah. A couple of trickles yeah. of blood, and then just, all right, uh, I'm going to head out. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing, but the thing about that is, I remember seeing that scene before, and I remember that. I, I, Sticking with you. I was remembering the dead body much more viscerally than it yeah. was presented in the yeah. film. And I think it's because the way that uh, M. Night Shyamalan and his uh, creative team have put this together mm. is that this is a really effective presentation of of suspense and elements of horror. That whatever yes, they do yeah. isn't as important as however they got there. Yeah. yeah. So like, so like, yeah, like for example, I, I, I'm sure like in the cinema first time when you see uh, Misha Barton's ghost girl character turns up and she's vomiting in the tent. <laughs> yeah. In the first yeah. time of seeing that, you might be like, whoa, and you might go away going, oh my God, she was vomiting everywhere and it was disgusting. And then when you look at the actual fact of it, it's just like porridge dripping out. Yeah, of I said, yeah. I was, like, was, was, was that meant to be porridge? Yeah. <laughs> kind of was. It kind of was. Yeah, it actually was meant to be porridge. Yeah, poison so, porridge. Yeah, just <laughs> when, yeah, when you see it, like apart from like, you know, the screech in music, mm. which kind of accompanies things. Yeah. One of the weirder ones was when he's obviously holding a psychology session before he goes and becomes King Arthur mm. with a lady. And then, then she turns and she's kind of all burnt. Mm. Um, it's like, okay, 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 screech. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to being a kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, admittedly, if, if you could communicate with, co- with ghosts, but there was that violin music happening all the yeah. time, <laughs> that would probably be really unsettling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I get what you mean, though. Like, the only effect that really jumped out as being like, whoa, uh, mm. was the 70s kid who'd blown out the back of his yeah, head. Yeah, I think yeah. that was the most um, visceral and the most terrifying, certainly. Yeah. yeah. But again, um, very... That one's not coming into ED too fast. <laughs> not too fast, no. no. <laughs> but again, just very effective, because it was just the turn, uh, you see the back of his head's blown out, and he's and then after a second, the cut's already happened. Yeah. Um, like how they gave the kid the mullet yeah. so they could hide where the back of the head actually was so they could blow it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was he was great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, again, it was it was effective sort of um, suggestions of horror, which kind of feed into kind of just the fact that this film is sort of bubbling away mm. and there's an undercurrent yeah. in there yeah. of something unsettling. It's... Yeah, and I think it does that very well. Yeah. Um, just sort of, uh, yeah, building up that tension, that suspense and just... Mm. And just making you question what you're missing that what's what's not being seen basically yeah what what's unsaid yeah um because i was wondering about this film because it being told to me and it was marketed i think that's probably why you and i probably get that it was very much marketed as a horror film Mm. in all the things it's like horror lighting horror font horror everything yeah Mm. which is probably what they were like well like well if we market it horror we'll get the horror people in and Mm. then when twist comes out we'll probably get other people in as well so it's mm. probably one of the more successful horror films ever oh absolutely probably yeah this was a good year for horror films though i mean um you were certainly you were starting to get um sort of the the teen horror flicks a couple of years before this with Wes craven and scream exactly and then you know the sort of that created a big boom in and of itself but then you mm. also got you know the shaky cam uh blair witch blair witch started coming back you got films like this and then you started to get you know a couple of years later you got saw mm. um so it was sort of like all these different 
kinds of horror, horror whereas which you is, didn't get that yeah. kind of years gotten before. to that yeah to that shot which has kind of led into what we have kind of now with or what probably most of the people listening to this think of as generic horror things like hostel things yeah like mm-hmm. torture porn torture porn gore else. yeah 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 which this one isn't very gore this one isn't very much of that at all no. yeah so we were talking about horror films before Stephen. Mm. What's your favorite horror film? Because you are like me, and you don't like horror that much. Yeah, it's more. It's more like I. Th- I feel as though there is a culture around horror films which um, requires an active participation because yeah. it's horror films are not necessarily about making good quality uh, Film. films in the traditional sense. They're about creating something that is emotional, emo- an experience like yeah. a visceral experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just keep going back to Shaun of the Dead. And I think it's just... Because, <laughs> but the problem is, is I think it's because I just like comedy. Yeah. yeah. And, and this was a horror comedy. I mean, the, for me, I think zombie films are probably more the ones that I'm attracted to. Um, the, the, the the I think it was 2004, the remake of um, Day of the Dead, where um, it, they just sort of remade a load of those horror elements. I can't remember yeah. if it was Day of the Dead or what the... It was Night a, of the Living Dead. Yeah, 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 it was an Of the ones. Dead, and they yeah. were in a shopping centre. I thought that one was was pretty good um i'm another one from 99 which i quite like but is maybe a little bit on the cheese side is sleepy hollow with oh um, yeah. yeah yeah that one i quite enjoyed but that's it's horror but i think it almost falls a little bit more into the action setting a little bit yeah it's been a while since i've seen that so i can't that was Tim Burton, wasn't it? That was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that one that one was okay, but okay. yeah, but yeah, like I say, I mean, the only thing I can say for sure is that it's not Crimson Peak. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you hate Crimson Peak. I saw that. I I saw that in the cinema uh, with someone who was a big um, horror slash Del Toro fan, and we went and watched it. And afterwards, they were apologising profusely, <laughs> going, "I'm so sorry. I don't." Because I, I looked at that, going, "That that that's got to be a good film. It's Del Toro. It's Tom Hiddleston, yeah. Jessica Chastain. Like I love them. You know." All the things I've seen them in. Yeah, me too. Even even bad things like Kong Skull Island. I'm come out of it going, that wasn't too bad. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Hiddleston basically played Bear Grylls. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Unfortunately, Crimson Peak did not quite do it for no. me. Yeah. Uh, certainly, though, I found the what was happening in the Sixth Sense much more. I guess the the sort of things that I like from horror, mm. like. I think the I think the slow reveal in horror is always quite interesting. Yeah. Um, mm. I think the the Ring, the the actual. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the the American remake yeah. of The Ring is probably up there for me. Mm. Because um, that's the other that's... thing that was starting to come out at this time as well was like the American mm. remakes of the Japanese horror films. Yeah. And, mm. you know, Ring is certainly the best one mm. in that category. Um, yeah. Maybe that's I... the thing to make a good horror film. You need to have an Australian person playing a mother. <laughs> yeah. Because you had Naomi Watts in that one. Yeah, yeah. You had this. Um... So who's Rebel Wilson going to play in yeah. one? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Mm. Yeah, next good horror film is going to have Rebel Wilson mm. or... Magda Zabanski. Yeah, Magda Zabanski. <laughs> Babe, no. Um... Babe 3. Oh, no, wait, there was a Babe 3, Babe 3, there? Pig's Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was there a Babe 3? Uh, I don't believe so. Don't anyway, yeah, anyway yeah. back anyway. to horror films. Yeah, back to the Sixth Sense. Well, yeah. So, Carmen, what would yeah. yours be? Favourite horror films? Yeah. Um, the Descent probably mm. is my favourite of all time. Um. Have you heard about that one, Stephen? Uh, I've not seen it, no. No, that's, it's five or six women mm. um, and no male characters after the first 10 minutes Sweet. and they all go, um, they're all into caving mm. um, and so they go into this cave and um, it turns out it's not the cave they were meant to go in and there's monsters in there and mm. I think the thing I like about it is you never quite know if the monsters 
uh, are actually real, like cave dwelling monsters, or if it's like symbolic of the main character's descent into madness. Um, okay. Particularly in the first film, it's it's kind of left open. Okay. Um, it's it's really good. The lighting in it is amazing. It's just if you're claustrophobic, mm. it's not a great film, but okay. um, incredibly made. Um, and then so I like that one. I like the Japanese ring and the American ring for different reasons. Um, they're very different films, but I enjoy the atmosphere in both. And I'm trying to think what else. Wreck. I really like Wreck, mm. um, the Spanish um, zombie film. Um, I think that's, that's really good. That's a found good. footage one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's a really good found footage horror one. Um, mm. I like Cloverfield as well, but I think it's um, maybe a little bit graphic at some points. Cloverfield um, or 10 Cloverfield Lane? Cloverfield. Cloverfield, yeah. yeah. Mm. What about yourself, Jace? Um, it's probably was going to be Cloverfield, mm. but I think that's because I like science. Like you with Shaun of the Dead, yeah. I like science fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cloverfield is that, and it's the J.J. Abrams mystery box, which I just eat up. Yeah. yeah. I love that stuff. <laughs> um, and even 10 Cloverfield Lane's an amazing film too. Mm. Um, but I'd probably, if I had to pick one to say horror, I would, might even go um, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a really that's good a one. That's a really good one. That was... Drew Goddard and mm. Joss Whedon doing that. Mm. That was Chris Hemsworth's first film. Yeah, it's very it? much a, a loving homage. It was, it was officially it was, it was his first horror film, but they didn't release it until after Avengers, right? So because um, they didn't think it was going to be any good. Mm. Okay. And a good summary of kind of that film is it is the Avengers of horror films. Yeah, it's just it's like a very loving tribute. Yeah. To all things horror. With yeah. with a with a lot of Joss Whedon thrown in there. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. One of the things from The Sixth Sense that I did want to touch on um, as we kind of go through it, though, is is this concept of, I, I guess, seeing dead people as as horror because the ghosts themselves don't... Well, it, it's hard to tell whether or not the ghosts can actually affect Cole in terms mm. of, like, can they physically interact well, with him? Well, they seem to cut him. Yeah, they seem to... Scratch him, yeah, but or, it, or he gets their injuries, yeah, it, or if that is just a that was kind of the thing that I was yeah. I was a bit unsure of because I wasn't sure if it was like a self harm thing, but mm. he was thinking that it was the ghosts making him do it, or if it was actually ghosts were able to cause those injuries to him because without that element, I think it almost doesn't really work as a horror film because sure, dead people turning up and like can can be a bit scary. Mm. But the, it didn't seem that he was in any kind of immediate threat. Well, I yeah. think the threat was kind of to his development. Mm. Like, you got that feeling, like, if this continues on, this kid is lost. Like, essentially... Oh, so, so but, like, like uh, Vincent. Yeah, uh, he would, like, literally what you saw at the beginning of the film, the yeah, crazy yeah. guy with the nipple ring. Mm. Um, he, that's essentially, that's what he's going to become. Right. Yeah, yeah, a few yeah. more, a I few think more uh, closet lockings and... Yeah, a few yeah. more closet lockings and a few more people not letting him in or like trying to help him. Right, mm. okay. That makes then sense he's then. on his way to being, which is exactly what Bruce Willis talks about. He literally says, like, if this keeps up, mm. if I don't work out, like he's talking about the problem being whether it's an abuse thing. So he's trying to work out who's abusing him. Mm. So I think that's kind of the threat. And I, yeah. I really felt that threat more than anything else, more okay. than ghost going to get you. Yeah. yeah. In a way. Yeah. So especially with him being so young and you feel so, sorry for him as well like mm. if, if his life mm. just ends up in this horrible basket yeah. of mental and, illness and whatnot because yeah. of the ghosts yeah and i think Haley joel osman does a really good job um because he he has this sort of sense of like 
maturity in his character and sort of almost leading Bruce Willis on a journey in a way. But at the same time, he's he does play the vulnerable very well. Mm. And it's almost, yeah, he's got this, this sense of duality. 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 That um, <laughs> I think he, as an actor, carries off really well. Um, like his character's quite insightful. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you feel this urge to protect him as a viewer. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, it's a good performance. Yeah, no, performance. I think, I think yeah. it was... I really wanted him to be okay and everything yeah, so yeah. i think that's maybe why i like the ending like whether, yeah. even if it was a bit saccharine like he becomes what do we call him psychologist yeah psychologist, <laughs> psychologist. he's helping ghosts eh? yeah he's yeah. helping ghosts he doesn't even need bruce willis for that i thought i think you someone one of us made the joke at one point like does bruce willis just become like the psychologist to all the other ghosts it's like <laughs> no no Haley joel osmond does. yeah well i thought that was kind of a nice touch yeah. like the idea of you've got these lost spirits and you've got someone that can communicate with them. The idea of turning that communication into a positive experience, experience for, yeah. for the, cause you know, the, the idea of ghosts is that they're there on earth cause they've got stuff to do, to do still. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that idea and a little bit of me would have been maybe curious to see more of that. But again, I kind of like the fact they left it open-ended as well. Yeah. I guess, Hey, I'm trying to think of, I feel like other films have done that kind of like help the ghost. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Well, um, God, what was the one? There was one where I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was like a kid that could speak to four ghosts and like each time he helped out one of the ghosts, a bus turned up that took them to the afterlife. Oh, okay. I Not spirited away. No, mm. no. It was like a... It's kind of... Um, the Others was it. kind of similar. Well, that, thought, that one, yeah. Then the Cole Kidman one, yeah. Okay, I um, but I don't that. remember fully how the ghosts... Departed. What happened with the ghosts in the end. Yeah, but I guess that's it. Like they get a... I mean, in this one, you just get a flashing bit of light and then you're off. Mm. So, but yeah, I think it's, there's something, as I said, kind of, not saccharine, but yeah, I guess I keep using that word, like kind of mm. sweet and cheesy at the same time. With yeah, it. yeah. I like it, it did kind of, not not to say it's negative, but it did kind of get a bit touched by an angel-y. Yeah, mm. like when he's playing King Arthur in the school play. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, oh, and, and he's literally just chatting to ghosts like, hey, how yeah. you doing? Yeah. Also, Sorry about them burns. But yeah. also he gets to, to live out that that uh, fantasy or like that desire that he had that he expressed to his mum of like the kids like lifting him on their shoulders and him being accepted by his oh, community. Oh, yeah, did not think about that. Yeah. yeah. Good I was, point. I was like, oh, that's some nice closure on that. Yeah, and, and the, then they fell over it and yeah. then they all yeah. laughed. Yeah, the film I was thinking of was 1993's Hearts and, sorry, Heart and Souls. Uh, not it, seen that one. An American fantasy comedy drama film starring Robert Downey Jr. as Thomas <laughs> Riley, a businessman recruited by the souls of four deceased people, his guardian angels from childhood, to help them... Oh, no, I have seen those. Yeah, <laughs> to help them rectify their unfinished lives. He's the only one that can communicate. I've um, seen that trailer. Gotcha. It was... I, I honestly remember it. It was like on the Lethal Weapon 3 VHS yeah. that my cousin had. Yeah, I've, I saw that film as a child and it has stuck with me. For yeah, some somehow. Reason. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, Iron Man there helping out a bunch <laughs> of ghosts. Um, yeah, look, it's. I think The Sixth Sense, in, in some respects, a really good film, but in a lot of respects, there's kind of not a lot to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like it felt like it felt like someone's first film. Yeah, for starters. Yeah. yeah. Um, like they threw a lot of these tricks, like the game that they play, where it's like if I win, you get a step forward. If mm. I, if you win, you get a step back. Mm. And just how the camera is just, is playing heavily into that. Yeah. With everything. Yeah. I, I, I like that, but I also feel like, I guess this might be a good point to even kind of pivot to talking about M. Night Shyamalan in general. Mm. Having watched this film now, I can maybe understand why he hasn't really 
ever totally followed it up as okay. well. Mm. Yeah. Like everybody talks about how he made the sixth sense and then Unbreakable's good if you like that kind of thing, mm. which I still haven't seen. But mm. then all the other ones that I've seen of his, like The Village. And I, I like The Village. You like The Village? Yeah. And Signs, it's like, it's kind of there, but it's still... They're, they're nothing outstanding. They're nothing outstanding, yeah. And I yeah. think maybe that's it. Like, he may have just hit it out of the park on the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see maybe why he's never been able to get back there as well. Yeah. I'm just kind of... I'm in two minds about this film because I really... Like, this, certainly the suspense and the the um, the atmosphere are good and they're enjoyable. And, you know, for the horror movie fan in me, yeah, I like that. As a medical professional, I just annoyed the ever-loving crap out of me um in what respects oh just so many like why are you keeping confidential notes about your your child patients in your basement (laughs) Mm. with recordings of their sessions and why are you telling your wife the first name of your children patients who you suspect are being abused like that's just like i mean he did get an award so obviously he was doing everything wrong (sighs) at the beginning of the film is he meant to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist they call him a doctor but he's a psychologist and yes you can be a doctor as a psychologist but you have a phd you're not a medical doctor and then why is he using medical terminology and what is childhood schizophrenia what even is that like <laughs> is it almost as though the person who wrote this film maybe didn't have a full grasp of how I, mental health works i think they had an idea from like something like law and order and mm. went with that and yeah. it's just like watching it having yeah you know i i enjoy psych- psychiatry and just watching it from that point of view i'm just like this is just so wrong on so many levels <laughs> I, I also uh, think like this is kind I'm of the beginning of when everybody like from this, not from this point onwards, but from many kind of points onwards here, like being like knowing a lot about the area that you're talking about in terms of film and TV kind of picks up from here on. Mm. I think probably because it's an increase in information. Like back then, anybody who wasn't a doctor wouldn't know. Like you'd be like, oh, yeah, probably kept records. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, and now it's more, well, that makes no sense. There's all these things. Like yeah. we, we know more about different professions. So, um, yeah, it kind of influences our enjoyment. So I think even scriptwriters are like, all right, let's make sure it's all correct. Yeah, yeah. It's um, certainly, yeah, I think um, in the area of mental health in particular, like the 90s films don't do a great service no, to that. Don't. You know, things like Girl Interrupted and stuff. It's not um, mm. Yeah, truly it's this idea of crazy accurate... is a crazy and that's yeah. about the end of it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm. Um, I kind of like the fact that they solved a murder in a yeah. roundabout way with the the wake with um misha barton's, misha barton's yeah. character yeah. yeah kira who um kira porajita yeah who who was um to be honest though it kind of just felt like it felt like a fun side quest yeah it didn't feel like it kind of just felt like i had a dream about this girl and within 10 minutes oh the mum did it like like yeah it, it kind of felt like now we're on a bus pretty much it almost felt like i'm like better get my little clip on tie yeah i love that <laughs> clip on tie. that was great yeah just just yeah, it's so funny. And that's that was one of the biggest points where I'd be like, okay, now I'm suspecting something's up with Bruce Willis as a psych. Yeah. Like, if he was just sitting there going, all right, cool, kid, we'll, we'll go to this random place that you want to go to. I'm like, mm, mm. okay, yeah, now yeah. he's... I mean, a lot a lot of the way um, Bruce Willis' uh, practice as, yeah. as a doctor, like, just following him from when he sees him outside of his house to the church and stuff like that. I, I, I have not neither been a child psychologist nor a child in need of <laughs> psychiatric help. Um, but that didn't ring to me like 
the no. way a first interaction would go mm. um, no. in, a, in a sort of public space like that. Um, it, but it did feel as though M. Night Shyamalan got to a point where he was like, oh, this film's only 80 minutes long. Uh, <laughs> let's, throw in a, yeah. let's throw in a murder mystery because we can have, we, yeah. we'll, we'll do it in reverse. Uh, and to be honest, this, this whole film did evoke feelings of something which was produced after it, which was um, the 2010 uh, video game Heavy Rain. Yeah, I was getting some real sort of David Cageian vibes uh, mm. from from this, and I think it's very obvious that you know a lot of media subsequent to the Sixth Sense has been influenced by it. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of the kind of feel and that kind of like damp depressiveness, and also a little bit of mystery about what's yeah. going on, it did feel very much like that. And a little bit of me was like, oh, I can't interact with this. This is this is not <laughs> as fun as the game. <laughs> yeah, there was also something about M Night Shyamalan. Like every now and then. He gets, he can go from super serious mm. to just being like Tim Burton-y, let's make fun at the world kind of thing. Mm. Like, I still don't know what's up with that bit where Bruce Willis's wife was selling a ring to the Indian couple. Oh, yeah. Mm. And they're all like just jammed right next to each other in this weird thing. And yeah. the guy's a cheapskate and that's the joke. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, ah, oh, love is cheap, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And women whatnot. be wanting rings. And, yeah, women yeah. be wanting rings and they've got to talk to you and blah, blah, blah. Which yeah. I, I can see why he put it in to try and be about that. Mm. But at the same time, also just watching their eyelines in that. Because mm. they have to be jammed close together. Mm. I mean, I bought a wedding ring. I bought yours. <laughs> yes, you I did. was not standing there within like three heads within three feet. Maybe you so needed could... to go to an antique shop. I think I guess I should have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or when the camcorders all come out as soon as the yeah, play starts. That, that was, was that mm, was so Burtony. That uh, Burtony. Mm, that was really Burtony. It actually. almost felt like it. It could like that wouldn't have been out of place in like Mel Brooks's The Sixth Sense or Mel yeah. Brooks's, <laughs> Mel Brooks's film about nineties society. Like if everyone yeah. had just pulled out camcorders and they were filming everything that was happening, it did feel a bit like okay, that feels like thematically weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was like they've all got like, and they're probably like a thousand bucks. What, the camcorders? Like those camcorders back then or something. They wouldn't have been that much, though. Oh, They'd be like, like yeah. 150, 200? I mean, it would have been not cheap. But not also, cheap, like, yeah. late 90s was like the prime time for home video yeah. True, entertainment. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we see it many times. Because, I mean, at this point in time, you had the ones that you would hold with one hand that had the little screen out yeah. the side. That would have been the pinnacle of technology. And that True, that would have been. Because, like, yeah, yeah. There's, there's one guy, I think when Bruce Willis is clapping, there's another guy grinning like an idiot with like a socket to his eye, <laughs> pointing down. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. You used to actually have to look, look through, through things. <laughs> To actually film junk. Well, yeah. Everyone can afford brand new cameras. These may have been like decade old ones. Well, they yeah, they, they looked pretty... quite old. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, true. Well, it's hard to tell what looks old in this and not because the fashion's all a bit over the joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bruce Willis's hair look new. That Bruce... was... <laughs> <laughs> you're right out of the box, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. you're right. It was like this kind of like weird, uh, hard to quantify time flow between things in, in the yeah. in the aging of this yeah. film. It's, and it's not that kind of nice, subtle one like you have in the, um, like the Incredibles, where you kind of sit there going, oh, wait, that was set in the 1950s. Mm. Like, like a couple of years after watching it, I completely forgot that that's where it was set. But mm. this one, you're like, Okay, this is 80s to 90s-ish somewhere, I guess. Incredibles was set in the 50s? Yeah. Oh, it okay. Was. All right, I'll take your word for it. I mean, because there, there is a yeah, time jump. Yeah, because it's all the black and white footage. But the time jump the, can't yeah. be that big because yeah. yeah. Violet is what, 14, 15? 14, yeah. So it's like a 14, 15 year time jump, yeah. presumably. So 
they'd be probably in the at, at the at the latest. It's fifties to sixties. Yeah, 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 at the latest, at it'd be nineteen seventy. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, it's... and I suppose the music is reflective of that. Yeah, yeah and the, the architecture as well. I think it might be seventies. So yeah, yeah, it yeah. might, it might be like that sixties seventies cast, but you know, they yeah. they did they didn't lean into it because it was a superhero fantasy film. Yeah, and um, also like they have everything super modern as well. Like yeah, everything like it retro, does yeah. is modern. Like it's some sort of like sixties version of steampunk, retro futurism. Yeah, like sixties punk. Yeah. Mm. Would you guys like some trivia about the Sixth Sense? Yes. So the IMDb trivia troll section begins thusly. Haley Joel Osment got the role of Cole Seer for one of three reasons. First, he was the best for it. So well done. Good casting. Yeah, cool, yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, second, he was the only boy at the audition who wore a tie. No no, <laughs> no on whether or not it was a clip-on or not. But. Yeah. Uh, and thirdly, director M. Night Shyamalan was surprised when he asked Haley Joel Osment if he'd read his part. Osment replied, I read it three times last night. Shyamalan was impressed, saying, wow, you read your part three times? To which Osment said, no, no, I read the script three times. So he read the whole film's script three times, three times reportedly, before coming in. Huh. Okay. I thought it was going to be the opposite way. It's like I picked it up, kind of put it down because I got bored. But I picked it up twice yeah. more to try and get through it. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like um, Danny and The Shining where they just, you know... They told him he was working in a kid's film. Yeah. And like, he didn't know how horrifying The Shining was. Yeah. Well, it actually ties into the next one because Tony Collette said that she was so moved by the emotional resonance of the story while filming, she didn't realise it was a horror film until after it came out. <laughs> But but it isn't like yeah. a horror film in the boo. Ah, yeah, 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 it's yeah. not like some, oh, someone going to get you. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I, and certainly with her scenes as well. Scenes, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, a, it's, it's an emotional a, drama. It's a of family. How film, do yeah. I get through to my son? Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. she's watching it, going, "What are all these <laughs> ghosts? <Yeah>. What? <laughs> What's with the font on the film?" Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis was in this film? <laughs> yeah. uh, according to director M. Night Shyamalan, Donnie Wahlberg lost £43 pounds to play the role of Vincent Gray. Uh, he did look very, very skinny uh, mm. and, and just gritty and menacing. Um, mm. in, in, uh, and considering he was just in his underpants, I thought that yeah. was a really great physical portrayal of vulnerability and threat at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, because yeah, Donnie Wahlberg, I'm not totally familiar with him. But He's best known as being Mark Wahlberg's brother. That's kind yeah, of about more it. or less. Yeah, it's. Um, I think I also get Donnie Osmond confused as well because of Haley Joel Osment being in this film too. Yeah, that's true. That's mm-hmm. very different. But yeah, you can kind of tell that he's weirdly kind of slightly buff as well for mm. that. Like mm. the face as well kind of looked very um, a lot like Bruce Spence. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I think maybe that's because Bruce Spence has a very weathered, weary kind of look to himself. Yeah, and so yeah, it's yeah, no, it's it's remarkable with that. Yeah, yeah. and you know he's not in the film very long, but has yeah. a really great impact. It's it's a great performance. Mm. Uh, while in New York City auditioning for Bringing Out the Dead, Tony Collette also auditioned for this film as an afterthought. Uh, she said that the scene in the car towards the end of the film, which was the audition scene, was the scene that drew her into the film and mm. to auditioning for it. Mm. And that is a really touching mm. scene. Like, she's, it's very powerfully she's written. She's so good. Yeah, she's just watching really her going, you, I genuinely believe yeah. everything your face is doing yeah. right now. Um, yeah, she was great. Uh, this film was filmed in sequence. So it was all shot in sequence. Yeah, scene one to scene two, yada, yada, yada. Which, um, 
it's, it's not a something, bit different, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. And they didn't wait a full year after shooting the first bit, did they? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, all right, so we'll be back in See tomorrow. you guys next year, because why? We could just do it tomorrow, guys. Oh, no, they actually shot Bruce Willis, and he had to recover from, <laughs> from being shot in the stomach. Or he, or he didn't. Oh. Um, the movie was rented by 80 million people in the year 2000. Uh, it was the top-ranked rated uh, VHS and DVD title of that year. There you go. So, big, big I think that's it, because it, it went down to word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's yeah. it. Like, there's a, we can You can advertise as much as you like. Like, certain films mm. get um, so much in terms of their budget for, for that, trying to give that word of mouth. And yeah. then something like The Sixth Sense comes yeah. out. Well, the word, of, the word of mouth for this one would be, guys, this film is the best twist. You're not going to see it. That would have been the word of mouth. It would yeah. have been, yeah. there's a twist. And everyone's going, twist? I want to see the twist. Because also, is- this is the point before we have, like, right now, because of probably the internet, we deal with spoiler culture all the time. Mm. Yeah. And, like, back then, there wasn't really spoiler culture. Like, nobody feared getting that. Like, we, we're Australian. Mm. We would be getting films and TV shows and things like that, like, a year and a half after they'd been shown shown in America. Yeah. Even when, like, at least talking from my point of view, and you guys are around my age, um, when we were kind of starting to grow up with the internet allowing kind of more immediate access, you'd find yourself, this is where kind of spoilers come from now, is like in America, they would be showing, I don't know, Lost, because early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, a, it was essentially a year until they started showing Lost in Australia. Yeah. yeah. And then trying to catch up as well, like, other people would just go, well, America's kind of spoiling it right now mm. because people do write-ups on the mm. internet. Mm. And so spoiler culture's kind of come out of this and it wasn't really alive in 99 because if a film was showing in America, it'd be like, all right, cool. That's yeah, Unless yeah. you're going to order a, an American paper, yeah. Yeah. you're not going to be able to find out anything about the film. And now you yeah, can accidentally go on and collider or someone's going to spoil it for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Because I don't remember spoiler culture being a fairly big thing until the fifth Harry Potter book. Yeah, and then having you know people like I'd read it, and then I'd go on forums, and people would be dropping spoilers to you know um, annoy other people. Yeah, um, but before that, it wasn't really a, a thing, thing that no. I'd encountered. Yeah, it, so for, I, I have to agree. For me, it really did feel like it was something that kind of emerged in the mid, late noughties. Yeah, yeah. mid two. Like I really noticed around two thousand six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, that's whether that's. Just because we got to an age where we started to care about more things that can be spoiled, yeah, yeah, possibly. Probably not. I, w- I would probably put it down more to ready access to the internet. Yeah, yeah. And then, so you have people just now going, "Well, I got to run and see Endgame before someone spoils it." Mm. Yeah. Or even a fear of people going, "Well, don't even tell me if you like the film or not, because that'll spoil what." Yeah. What you think? Yeah. Um, so M Night Shyamalan uh, is in this film. He has yes. cameo as a doctor. He's a medical doctor, Carmen. Yes, he, he is. He works in emergency. Yes. Mm. So you, you've had these conversations with Tony Collette, right, where you've sat there and gone, uh, what's going on? Fortunately, I have not okay. myself had to refer someone to a social worker due to suspicion of child abuse. But, but it, 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 seemed, that... it actually seemed like a fairly genuine mm. conversation. I thought his character maybe could have been a little bit more um, empathetic or, you know... Um, 
politically correct in how he he directed his questions towards Tony Collette, but certainly like there's it, any hospital you go to, if a child mm. is injured um, and you suspect it's not accidental, mm. it's protocol just to refer to social work just mm. automatically. Yeah, well, um, um, well, M Night, um, we we do have to get to what his name. Oh yes, is. yes, yeah. uh, 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 you you keep reading. Um, I will I will M Night that. Yes, uh, M Night Shyamalan. Um, the reason that he chose Manoj. What, what is it? M A N O J. So Manoj. Manoj. I, yeah. I assume Manoj. Manoj, the hands of fate. Yeah, and then <laughs> Manoj Neliatu. Mm-hmm. M Night Shyamalan. Oh, great! They give the breakdown just for the word Shyamalan. Oh, okay. There you go. So Manoj Neliatu or M Night. So, so M Night is a nickname. So it's not. Okay. It's not Moon Night Shyamalan. Which yeah. Is what I was hoping it was. Or Morning Night. <laughs> yeah. Sadly. Morning, night, Easter night. Anyway, um, M. Night Shyamalan's uh, cameo, the reason that he plays a doctor is because most of his family are doctors. Ah. (laughs) And so he was like, look, I'm a doctor too. Um, Aren't you proud? But yeah, he he actually almost cut that scene because he really didn't like uh, his performance. Oh, okay. He was like, oh, oh, I don't know now. Oh, this seems... Maybe I should have gotten an actor to do this part. Like that. But, but I thought he was perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, like, sometimes yeah. sometimes that works, though, if a director puts himself in a little bit of a cameo in the film. Mm. It, yeah. As long as it's not huge, yeah. then I usually think it's kind of fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this was the first of two movies that Bruce Willis owed Disney after he caused another production, The Broadway Brawler, to be shut down due to firing the director. He was also paid $10 million, which is half of his usual salary at the time. Now, I've never heard of anyone owing Disney films, but that sounds like the most terrifying prospect. <laughs> I don't know. It's also the most terrifying man as well. Yeah, like, well, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, I think, like in terms of like what he's done lately has been... He doesn't care anymore. Yeah. I think we can say that about filmmaking and so Oh, yeah, you mean just his most recent film appearances? Yeah, okay. yeah. Like he just he's just doing it probably because he feels yeah maybe it is a debt. Mm. So and he's got to pay it off. But like yeah, just some of the films that he's done lately. I mean, he did do Split, which apparently was good. Which no, is Night. another oh, no Glass. That's yeah, another, another Shyamalan Shyamalan thing. Yeah. Yes, that was yeah. That's off Split, so it's mm. Unbreakable Split and Glass. Wow. Yeah. See, I'm just imagining Michael Eisner and uh, Bruce Willis just like going head to head in a brawl now. It's just like, who will win? So the Broadway brawler was meant to be a film of his? As far as I'm aware, it's a film that was meant to happen and then didn't because uh, according to this, Bruce got the director. He basically fired the director. I think by the sounds of it, Bruce was going to be the star. um, And then Disney were like, well, yeah, I was two films now. The first one is this little thing called uh, The Sixth Sense. It's oh. very Disney. What, like fashion? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Just just do it. Okay, you owe us two films. Fine, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Lost Media Archive, Broadway mm. Brawler, is the title of an unfinished film starring Bruce Willis and Maura Tierney. Willis also acted as co-producer. Right. Oh, okay. The film was to be, set, be a family-friendly romantic comedy set in the world of hockey. Willis plays the part of Eddie Kapinski, the titular Broadway brawler, a retired hockey player romancing Maura Tierney's character, name unknown. I would say he made a better move by making this film. Yeah. Mm. I literally, as soon as he said the Broadway brawler, I just imagine like jungle to jungle. Yeah. Like something that kind of... Corny. Corny, like trying to be adulty, but being very much for kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he... uh... Maybe he knew. Maybe he. Um, maybe he can see dead films, and he just <laughs> was like, "I'm gonna make make the jump." 
Uh, according to Michael Serra, this was the first film that he ever auditioned for. Oh. Uh, he read for the part of Cole and the scene where he did the magic trick, but he later admitted that he did the audition too cheerfully because he hadn't read the entire script and didn't know that <laughs> Cole was meant to be introverted and quiet. <laughs> He's made up for it ever since. Yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, according to M. Night Shyamalan, the movie was inspired by an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, the kids show? Yeah. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was an episode called The Tale of the Dream Girl, uh, in which the leading characters are ignored by someone and do not realize oh that they God, are dead. I've seen that episode. You've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, got, I got banned from watching Are You Afraid of the Dark because mm-hmm. I used to give my sister nightmares. Okay. Like, so I wasn't able to watch it. Yeah. I was seven and she was five. Did right. you ever watch the, the one about the clown that smoked the cigars and the kid took its nose? And that no. was that was absolutely terrifying. But I remember, yeah, I remember watching this one on YouTube and all the comments were like, rah, 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 Sixth Sense got his inspiration for this. Rah, rah. I'm like, oh, yeah, right, whatever. Mm. There did. you go. There you go, yeah. No, it was inspired <laughs> by that. So, that, yeah, again, it feeds into that kind of Twilighty Zone feel mm. that it has. It's very much- it did feel a bit like a... Like a heart, like a daytime movie kind of. Yeah, the way aspects shot. of it. Yeah, especially yeah. when it's daylight more than anything else. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that just came down to film quality or not. Mm. Mm. Or yeah. it's just that's what Philadelphia looks like. Looks like yeah. yeah. Just constantly like it's a hallmark film. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember any other films that I've seen. Based well, in Philadelphia. 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 Is that, is that yeah. Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Yeah, that felt very much like a TV show. Yeah, yeah, that was very much filmed like that. Uh, the final bit of trivia I have um, relates to Bruce Willis's performance, uh, specifically his performance using his hands. Uh, while circling a passage in his notes, Bruce, Bruce Willis does so with his right hand. Uh, Willis is actually left-handed, but learnt how to write right-handed so that viewers wouldn't notice he was no longer wearing his wedding band uh. on his left hand. Uh. Uh, Willis also draws the circle clockwise like a left-handed person would, whereas most right-handed people draw it counterclockwise. Mm. Jason's just trying that out now. <laughs> Guys, I might be left-handed. What? <laughs> you draw it clockwise? I do. I Everyone go. at home, give it a go. Yeah, no, I, like if I was to circle something, I would go like that. Mm. Like what? I would go <laughs> clockwise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah, this. This is great for an audio. Movie. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just. What tried, did you just do? I did anti-clockwise. Okay, give me, give me well. Yeah. Let's, let's see. We're just. It's, so I'll just. Yeah, I think right I would there. go anti-clockwise. Yeah. Yeah, he's a clockwise. He's or a clockwise circler. Uh, looks like I do. Mm, I do anti-clockwise circles better though. But yeah. I think I naturally just always try to go forward. Yeah. There you go, folks. You can try it out at home and see if you are left or right-handed. Not if you're driving. <laughs> oh, actually, no. If you do it in the Northern Hemisphere, though, you do it the other way. <laughs> so. There we go. Yeah. Uh, all right. All that remains is for us to score this film. Jason, we're starting with you because it was your first time watching The yeah. Sixth Sense. What are you going to give it out of ten? Um, I'm, oh, I'm going to give it seven... Uh, misconstrued attempts to communicate with someone and then thinking you're giving them the cold shoulder but you're actually dead out of 10. <laughs> yeah, communication's hard. And you'd think as a child psychologist slash you'd psychiatrist. Know you'd know that, yeah. Uh, what about you, Carmen? What, what's, uh, what's this film getting from you? Oh, I'm so conflicted. I don't know. Just if they'd done more research, I would have liked it so much better. Um, <laughs> seven triangle pancakes out of 10. Mm. Yeah, it's it really is a seven out of ten film. It is, isn't it? It, is, it is perfectly just. It's like yeah, it's a, it's literally just one film, please. Like yeah. a kilo of a film. <laughs> Boom, there you go. Ah, film, D- delicious. <laughs> delicious film. Yes, uh, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna give it a seven 
keep moving cheese dicks because <laughs> um, that was just a again a weird kind of like it feels more like a bruce willisism than something that belongs in the film. <laughs> it feels like a disney movie insult doesn't it yeah and, yeah it's just like that felt like something he would have said in die hard if there was like he was keeping a child safe from hans gruber yeah keep moving cheese dick <laughs> Oh dear. All right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, Jason and Carmen, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Oh, there's lots of ways to get in touch with us. We have, you know what? I know I don't really plug this one that much. We actually have an email address uh, for all things that are run through Thoughtjar Productions. It's info at thoughtjarproductions.com. If you want to send us a message, uh, you know, just a one-on-one correspondence, then by all means, send it to that address. Uh, we can also be contacted on a more public form in facebook uh you can leave messages there uh if you could see dead people what would you do to help them out just you know leave your suggestions in there uh we are also available on patreon uh, you can become an exclusive member of the club and see bonus episodes uh that others don't get to see as though you can only see um paywall content podcasts <laughs> uh which is probably not as effective as i see dead people <laughs> but that's all available for you as well if you go to patreon and join up there just search for us over at um patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast and make sure you subscribe to this podcast whether it's through itunes or soundcloud or spotify Ooh. yes we have a new platform I, I about three weeks ago i discovered what spotify was <laughs> and, and it's amazing guys why didn't anyone tell me you can stream music uh, but yeah i um I I see living streaming surfaces. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Spotify, uh, we are now on there. So if you want to listen to us uh, via Spotify, just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This and another, ooh, 128 episodes of the podcast are there for you to listen to. And if this is the future, maybe a couple more on top of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. 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 You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.